Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage, where we talk with the who's who on stage, in dance, comedy and performing arts, speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times and how they came to the stage and what drives them and inspires them. And my guest in this podcast is Emmy Hoy, the writer or adapter of The Tenant of Wildfell Hall, which is uh, Anne Bronte novel. Uh, Emmy is the Sydney Theatre Company's new Patrick White playwright fellow and her relationship with Sydney Theatre Company began in 2017 when she became a member of the inaugural Emerging Writers Group and going on to write additional scenes for the company's 2018 production of St. Joan starring Sarah Snook. It was shortlisted for the 2019 Brantwood Prize, recipient of Belvoir's Philip Parsons Fellowship for Emerging Playwrights, the 2020 NIDA Sydney Theatre Company Pathways Commission and Melbourne Theatre Company's Writer in Residence program. She's done so much and so many other writing nominations and awards uh, in her writing experience. Some of her plays include Salem for NIDA, Strangers for Bondi Fest, Five Year Plan for Silent Theatre, St. Joan, as we said, and a number of others. And she's here to talk with me about the adaptation of The Tenant of Wildfield Hall. Thank you for joining me, Emmy. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. So how did you come to be adapting works? Was this something you've always wanted to do? Like, well, tell me about the beginnings of you as a writer. I think I've always really, I've really loved English literature. I did English literature in my undergraduate degree. um, And that's where I sort of had my my first introduction to the Brontes. Um, and so I think I've, I've always sort of had an interest in kind of classic novels and feminist novels and um, the Brontes in particular. Um, but weirdly, Anne Bronte was the one Bronte sister that I never studied. And I, sort ah. of re- I know, I'd, and I'd read all of the other ones and right. I sort of decided to pick up The Tenant of Fell Hall for fun. So I would have been um, 18 or 19. And I just remember being viscerally shocked by the novel and how different it was from the other novels that I've been reading from that period. Because there's something that sort of happens in in The Tenant of Wildfell Hall where the violence breaks into the room in a way that it just doesn't in Wuthering Heights or Jane Eyre. You know, it's sort of often violence is talked about out of scene or implied. But in The Tenant, there's these incredible scenes where the gentleman burst into the room drunk and domestic violence is played out on the page and it's just viscerally shocking for a reader today but can you imagine the impact of that you know written almost 200 years ago by a woman mm. um and so i think you know sort of viewing the novel in that context as well as having such an intense reaction to it i sort of knew in that moment of reading it that i thought it was a special book um but then I guess I just sat on it for almost 10 years um and it was only (laughs) it was only when I found the NIDA Pathways Commission which sort of came about I think the first iteration of it um the NIDA STC Pathways Commission was during the pandemic it was in 2020 and I Mm. thought okay well I'll apply for this and I um you know I was at home in quarantine like we all were and I just wanted to write something escapist and rich and lush 
and beautiful and theatrical and really ambitious. You know, it's um, the play is uh, it's a huge cast. <laughs> it's a period drama. These are things that you know we don't often uh, a sort of new or emerging writer wouldn't wouldn't have as their first main stage um, show. But I felt I just give it a go. And um, I wrote this big script and SDC were interested in it. So it was, I think it was really fueled by the time of writing for me. It was sort of this wish fulfillment of what do I want to see? And wanting to write something I felt was very meaningful and spoke very directly to today. Mm. And especially during lockdown, the increase in, in domestic violence was obviously part of the conversation um, and maybe something you wouldn't have written or taken that sort of in-depth time or ability <laughs> to have the time to get in there how is it though adapting something that is novelistic I mean that, that sounds very like action-packed like so much drama in there but it's a different way of of your writing how do you approach it I, I think a lot of writers have different approaches to adaptation but I think mine is probably more on the irreverent side of things. I think that for me, it would do a disservice to the novel to just translate it directly onto the stage. Novels mm. and plays are different things. They are doing different things and they exist in a different way. And so my approach to adapting a novel was really engaging with it emotionally and personally and finding the scenes and the moments that sung to me and sort of uh, stuck in my head the lines that I remembered and the ones that I highlighted I'm terrible I, I really am hard on my books <laughs> I highlight them I scribble on them I fold the pages it's you know um, a nightmare for my tidier <laughs> friends with books well at least it's not a library book <laughs> that's true um and and I sort of I think I, I pulled out those moments from the novel and then I built the stage version around those moments oh. so I think you know, I, the structure is irreverent. I have a flashback structure. Um, I'm playing with past and present because one of the really haunting themes for me in the novel was looking at the difference between the way Helen, the protagonist, was characterized as an older woman who survived an abusive marriage and this young, starstruck, naive, romantic girl. And mm. these two Helens exist in the novel and you actually come across the younger Helen after you've met the older Helen. And it's this complete shock. And I remember that was one of my moments when I read the book is going, oh my gosh, like who is this, you know, teenager who's sort of making jokes about old men proposing to her and people <laughs> chewing on the ends of their canes and has this incredible sort of wry comic sense of humor and defiance. And how did we get to this guarded woman that we meet in the present and so so much mm. of the novel is about trauma and and sort of overcoming your past and hope so i think that was one of my main justifications for actually making a structure of the play reflect that in a really quite literal way is that helen's past is invading her present and so we have doubling in the play um characters in the present are playing characters in the past and it's sort of it reflects, I think, for Helen, this kind of fear and disorientation that she gets in coming into a new place. As any new relationship in front of her is sort of tinged by the trauma in the past. And one of the questions in the play is, can she find new love? Can she, you know, soften and be vulnerable enough to sort of let herself into romance? But then one of the sort of 
unsettling things in the novel and I hope that comes across in the play is are these people similar like are these patterns of violence being repeated you know um, and how do we change that and so I think in my adaptation I think I've really wanted to infuse a sense of hope and a sense that we can change if we become aware to the cycles of violence or the ways that we raise men and women and we are responsible for our own behavior so I think there's quite a modern sensibility in in the way I look at the arcs within the novel. Did you consider at all making it a contemporary setting rather than period? What was that kind of discussion with yourself you had? Or I think for me, the thing that I found really powerful about the book was that it was a period drama that felt so shockingly modern. So I felt it was important to have the costumes because it's actually kind of fantastic because we look at that and we sit back and we go, that's nice and safe and distant and pretty and escapist and it's Pride and Prejudice, it's cute and witty. And then you get this gut punch when you realize, I'm seeing stories like this on the news. Like I am seeing these sort of conversations and scenes that are playing out remind me of coercive control, which is something that's only entered the conversation in the last, you know, five years. And that is appalling. And, and I think having the sort of period drama set up lets us engage with it and not feel threatened. And then by the time we're deep enough into the story and engaged <laughs> enough with the characters, that's when you pull the rug out from under you. Um, so I thought it was important to keep the period drama. <laughs> Tell me about the voice and writing for different voices, if you've got especially, like not especially, because I think I love that idea of we're seeing both of these Helens together, past and present, but in a novel you're usually getting one voice. So how do you work with that? I think um, that's such a good point and I think the novel was a real gift to me because she writes in this sort of diary form and oh. so gilbert one of the protagonists in the novel he sort of is um almost the the book um oh gosh what's the word he's sort of like uh, is the structure the narrator or he's the narrator and he bookends the novel that's sort of what i i mean he's it's a series of letters describing his relationship with the tenant of wildfall hall and so we actually have him speaking directly to us in this oh. incredibly funny, wry, um, satirical, cheeky voice, which is actually very self-aware. He's like quite an arrogant narrator. He's quite a flawed narrator. And what's really beautiful is he has this sort of self-awareness of his own failings. He sort of comments on the fact that his mother maybe spoiled him a little bit and maybe he was a little bit of a jerk at the beginning of his courtship of Helen and he has this kind of he's reflecting back on his own youthful arrogance and so we have this like incredible um narrator with him an incredible voice with him and then we have his description of Helen and so that sort of side of her coming through and then we have this third voice which is teenage Helen and her diaries and again she's speaking straight to us so I really wanted to reference that in the play and so I put direct address in and I, I, I gave the play to narrators Gilbert and Helen that Helen speaks to us from the past like like Helen does in her diary entries in the book 
And in the present, it's Gilbert who just turns and talks to us and sort of takes us through the present day story. So, yeah, I was really lucky. I think Anne sort of created these rich characters and this precedent for me to say, no, she's talking directly to us in the novel. So let's do that in the play as well. Let's have the characters actually, you know, look the audience in the eyes and comment on what's going on. So as a... a a new work, I suppose. How was that working, you know, something like this up for the stage and, and how was that writing experience and I imagine it changing once the cast or as it evolved? The cast are absolutely extraordinary and I think what was really lovely was from the beginning, I think everyone just straight away understood the tone because I think the tone of my adaptation mm. is definitely leans towards a dark comedy and I yeah. definitely pull uh, pull on and heighten the elements of wit that are in Anne's novel. She is a really witty writer and she's got this really dark, dry sense of humour. Um, one of a really horrible example is halfway through the novel there's a scene of domestic violence that's described and she calls the chapter that that scene exists in Society Manners. And so mm-hmm. she's got this kind of um, really wry you know, a dark view on the world. And so we sort of brought that into the play. And it was such a gift because the cast understood. And they also understood the tone shifts. You know, I think dark comedy can be really hard because you want something to get really heightened. But then you want it to come crashing back down into a sort of emotional realism. And actors that are able to flip between the two are, I think, quite rare. And Jess was so, and SDC were so brilliant with the casting and that I really think all the actors understood those two different tones. But yeah, I think in terms of the sort of the process of it being a new work, we definitely played around with the director dress quite a lot as soon as we got um, Remy He, who is Gilbert in the production, and Tully Narkel, who is Helen, in. Um, and they are just both such incredible actors and they really brought so much to how we actually would pull the audience in and engage with the audience, you know, do they step forward? Is it sort of like a little cheeky turn to the side or is it a sort of engagement like a comedian on a stage? Like there was a lot of discussions about what is this interaction? Like where is it coming from? What are we doing? Um, And so that was really wonderful to be able to play with that on the stage and in the rehearsal room with them. So it was a real collaboration in that aspect. Yeah, and I think I always often think of, yeah, direct address as like Shakespearean and that kind of, you know, of the time, of the period too. But also, like you say, there is stand-up is direct to the audience. So when when you mention tone, is that something you decide coming in or is it something that evolves? I think that's a really good question. I I know when I wrote the first draft, I Mm. agonised over the tone and the register of the first couple of scenes because Mm. I I remember just reading them out loud over and over and over again and really trying to just, before I'd shown it to anyone, really just try to land the rhythm and the sound and the feeling of it. So I think maybe for me, I'm a writer where I think the tone comes quite early for me uh, or I have an idea of what I want in my head and then I struggle for drafts and drafts and drafts <laughs> to get there. Um, but so I think it was quite fully formed in that way. But I also think it came from my reaction to reading a novel. I think like the way I would gasp or laugh or 
feel terrible. I really wanted to reflect that and have the audience feel that in a sort of compressed live form. Mm. Well, Emmy Hoy, thank you so much. It sounds so fascinating and I love the creative or writing process that you share with me. Thank you. Emmy Hoy, Sydney Theatre Company's new Patrick White Playwrights Fellow and writer or adapter of The Tenant of Wildfell Hall. 